For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, 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 it's Todd Fox here with another episode of Halos in the Infield with the other co-host of the show. Fernando Mendez. Sorry, you caught me off guard. Oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) It was a different intro. Uh, And our other co-host, special guest, actually, of the show, checking in. Hello, I'm I'm Yvette Bia. Um, I'm the one that has a weird-ass name that um todd can't say (laughs) (laughs) one of many that i can't say in the post game i I slaughter everyone's handles uh so he does yeah Yeah, i know i've noticed everyone i'm very good at that (laughs) so that being said we're going to start off this show we are now into week two of the regular season and uh you know we got through a one and three start versus houston kind of disappointing on uh on many levels, but the starting pitching was good. We talked about that on our last episode. So on this episode, we're going to get into uh, the Miami series, and then we're going to talk about the Texas two-step with the Astros uh, or the Rangers first, and then the Astros maybe talk, just maybe touch on them or just save them for the next episode, but we'll definitely talk Rangers. And then before I get into the show and let Fernando take it away, uh, please like, and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. It really helps us in the algorithm moving forward. And then also check out the YouTube page. And most importantly, the website is where you can find everything Halos in the Infield related. So, Fernando, let's get it started. Well, let me start off by saying Roger Lodge is going to have a chubby after because he predicted he predicted a series sweep. I think they're going to sweep the Marlins. The, those the, the mural painting fish. <laughs> he sure did, didn't he? Uh, yeah, and Artie's just somewhere like, I'm sussed out of my mind, boys. <laughs> we'll see. If we keep winning, we'll actually see Artie Moreno on television or actually at the stadium. So Let's likes- don't. I feel like if that happens, he's our bad luck charm. Because <laughs> remember that first week we were on a roll last year, and then he just starts popping up in games, and we lost. Oh, yeah. We, we finished a miserable April last year, so – I could definitely see that, uh, but but boy, I'm telling you, there's one thing that he's not one of these owners that's there, rain or shine, lose or win. Uh, he's there only when they're winning. And yeah, he's if, not a Steve Cohen or uh, who's the Clippers owner, the new one, not not the, not the racist guy, Bomber, Bomber, Steve Bomber. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like he's there all the time. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban. Is yeah, there Mark Cuban, courtside almost every game. You'd be hard pressed to not see him. That is true. It doesn't matter what the Mavericks are. He's there and like he he does a lot of things business wise and he makes the time to be at every Mavericks game. So kudos to guys like that. You know, okay, so I don't want to go on a huge tangent. That's what we do on the show. Let's be honest. All yeah. right. So who is somebody? So we all want Artie to sell the team at some point, right? Mm-hmm. 
Who is somebody on your wish list? Of, who's the guy who you would like to buy the Angels? Or gal. This is, you know, this, this is modern times. Mm-hmm. A woman can do anything I, a man can do. I kind of wish, for some reason, it would have been Kobe Bryant. Mm. Oh. Or someone like um, Magic Johnson. Because his studios don't have, don't do nothing, but when he takes control of the team... He changes things. Yeah. And Unfortunately, my money's not on Kobe anymore. You know, rest in peace. Yeah. I I, th- I think you would it would have to be like a uh, I would like to see ownership from the SoCal area, whether it be like a group, because obviously the Dodgers don't have a M- O'Malley anymore. It's a group yeah. of uh, investors. Uh, I think with a group, it's better. You don't have one guy just like hey, run it through me. They have to vote on things. I think when you have an investment group rather than a single solitary owner, most of the time those tend to work unless it's a bunch of guys with egos. But, yeah, I would I would like either former ballplayers to buy a stake. Yeah, Kobe would have been great to be like an investor on, or a, a part owner uh, because the fact that he lived in Anaheim and everything else like that, that would have been great. you know. And he went to Angel Games actually in 02. He was there. He was there a lot. The Dodgers have a ton of owners. I'm looking right now. Like, I knew they had a decent amount of people, but mm-hmm. I didn't know we're like, let's see. I'm counting at least like eight or nine people. Well, see, the good thing about that, too, is they're just like the Packers. Packers are owned not by an owner, but by the community and shareholders. So they have to vote on everything. So you're not getting one take. And I think that's why the Dodgers are so good because they went out and got Andrew Freeman, one of the best. He was like Billy Bean, you know. 2.0 and uh with tampa and he built that organization with no money and then they're like hey you you do good with no money here's money and continue to do good so i think that's why they're as solid as they are is because they've made the right decisions with ownership and it trickles thing, down one thing's for sure the next owner i i want to be somebody who's going to be super involved and i don't just mean and you know going to the games that's whatever honestly but involved in terms of like supporting the actual community. Cause that's the stuff that players do gravitate towards. Yeah. You know, if your owner's over there rolling up his or her sleeves, you know, doing beach cleanups or whatever, feeding the, the homeless puppies at the shelter or, you know, um, giving pencils and paper to underprivileged kids in you know, Santa Ana, Anaheim, you name it. That's the kind of stuff that does attract free agents. Like, oh, hey, we have a cool owner. He spends money. He's involved. He cares about the players. Not Artie Moreno coming in in shorts, blinding everyone. Hey, guys, uh, uh, with this scotch bottle, have a great season. Yeah. They're like Steve Cohen, right, of the Mets, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a real fan. Uh, yeah. I, I think, yeah, if they were to do, like, housing for the homeless – or, you know, instead of trying to appease the L.A. market so much, you have a big population in the SoCal, almost down to San Diego. You could steal some of San Diego's fans by the, you know, the, the northern, uh, northern Cali of, uh, uh, or northern Cal of uh, San Diego area district. You North can get... County is, <laughs> is the all... phrase you're looking for. Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah, North County. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, wait to let me sink there for a while, but he's uh, saying <laughs> eventually. Um but no, there's a lot of areas that they could take advantage and, you know, utilize the school areas, you know, give away free yeah. T-shirts to kids, backpacks, like you've said. You know, Fernando's been pu- putting that, uh, you know, pushing that for an issue for a while now. 
um, you know, if you're able to, to uh, attack the, the kids and the families, bring them back. Like I like that they brought the family four pack back, but you need to push that more, you know, maybe give those away too, because on games like this, where you only track 15,000, you could fill the house. I know somebody who gives them away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sit in the six hundreds with me, Roger. We don't have a 600. Exactly. You can see the right, <laughs> the right field bathrooms. The tickets are just blank papers with it says 600 level. <laughs> you have to sit in the upper deck bathrooms with Roger. Yeah. As you it's going to be there. that tree, that tree from Angels in the Outfield where Roger and JB climb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, what, what do you, what do you think is a good way to attract fans before we get into the actual talk where we're going to uh, get into in this, about the Miami series. So you bet, what do you think? Get a new promotion team. Are you, are you kidding me? Like we have, we have Daryl Walsh. We have um, David Fletcher. Why are we not making shirts about what it's about them? Yeah, it's, only, it's always only one player. Yeah, it's like uh, Fernando said. James said the other day too. It's like you go in the the store and it's all Otani. That's it. Yeah, which I get it. He sells. Yeah. You know, it's a it, it's a sexy name around baseball. I get mm-hmm. that. You know, I'm not, nobody here is denying that the, the gift shop should be primarily, hell, have an Otani gift shop. How about that? I think that's the <laughs> compromise. Like, you know, the little left field stand or whatever next yeah. to the Jersey Mike's, have that be like the Otani store or something like that or in the upper deck to attract people up there. Um, but yeah, you know, in the main gift shop behind home plate, how about we, all the players, and then upstairs, like on the 200 level, they have the uh, what's the Hall of Fame store. Yet mm-hmm. you can't go there and get old school Angels merchandise. Like sure a hat, but I can't go there and get a, a Wally World jersey. I can't go there and get a Reggie Jackson jersey. But um, so yeah, you know, marketing, marketing, marketing. Like Yvette said, so the promotional team should be promoting everybody. We don't just have Otani in this team. You know, merchandise team. How about we sell? classic stuff in the hall of fame store yep. especially now that they built that little like display case mm-hmm. trophy situation where the angels hall of fame is that's awesome so how about we yeah. utilize that to sell some stuff for instance like have a i, I think uh, there's a anderson simmons 2017 gold glove there have an anderson simmons gold glove t-shirt you know there's the otani all-star game shirt or all-star game uh, jersey there that's a uh, game worn and signed mm-hmm. yeah. so have the replica t-shirt of that jersey there you know what i mean like that's the kind of stuff that we'll sell because people will be like oh that's awesome i remember when simmons got the gold glove i remember when otani played in the his first all-star game you know in 15 years when people are saying that not so. even that but it's the 20 year anniversary of the you know yeah, right, the, the World Series, and you're yeah. already giving us a sweater yeah like come on yeah it's not gonna work that doesn't suffice i mean like you guys said like there's a gold glove there of devon white he was a a a loved angel wally world like you said like even a wally world shirt um old school i mean that would be so cool imagine them selling the pinstripe jerseys in there they could rake in a lot of money with that a lot of people like that because you can't find them it's hard to get them dude Uh, i've tried yeah so i mean you could you could get all kinds of different kinds of jerseys up in there and it would be pretty sweet for the fans, uh, you know. Like Yvette said too, what about an Adam Kennedy three home run uh, shirt or something? Uh, you know, there's there's all sorts of things you could do, um, but they have missed. I mean, they have missed the bus so many times, 
and I keep looking north and I see how the Dodgers are just capitalizing on their success and capitalizing yeah. on their history. And it's sad. It really is sad that they're able to utilize everything right. It seems like whatever they touch usually works. And then the Angels just keep crapping themselves. I think he's just a prideful person. Sorry, Beth, go ahead. Uh, I said with the 90s stuff coming back, you would think they would bring back the 97 jersey or a shirt with <laughs> salmon or glass in the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. The, the 20th, we, we talked about this maybe like a month ago, Todd. The, the 20th anniversary itself for the World Series had so much potential in terms of promotions. That would have been the theme for me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was in charge of the promotional team, I'd be like, all right, we're going to give out one bobblehead a month. The first one will be, you know, blah, blah, blah. The second one will be, you know, like the Eckstein, you know. How about like a bobblehead of like some, like the rally monkey with like some thunder sticks. And instead of like the monkey moving, the thunder sticks move. <laughs> what? Like this, this kind of stuff just writes itself. Absolutely. Right, why, yeah. why are we the ones always trying to do this stuff? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And if you yeah. didn't want to pay for 40,000, you could have made them limited edition, like to the first 15 to 20,000. Yep. Um, you know, they would have been collect- or a special ticket. Yeah, like like for me, like what well, you guys are talking about, several different players. Imagine if you were to give away, if you okay, if you had the budget, but let's just say you give away uh, for first twenty thousand every, you know, like twice a month, but but that adds up to what twelve players. What if you made bobbleheads that, if you collect all twelve, they turn into one big like picture of bobbleheads together celebrating, you know, like like a scene of of, of a picture of the World Series. You could have did something like that to where, man, I got to go. I got to get the whole collection. It'd yeah. be worth, you know. But, again, they, they don't think of things like that. They're all, you know what? I think we need another Otani bobble. Let's do one where he's surfing on Huntington Beach uh, Harbor, you know, the pier in the <laughs> oh, background gosh. or something. Yeah, it's like he doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does, but, I mean, that guy can do anything. See, like, you know, obviously you can't have that many bobbleheads, but something like that, you know what I mean, where we have, yeah. like, the entire collection, or even better, like, the um, the parade float at Disneyland. Like, that would have yes, been a really cool, cool bobblehead set. And you have to, like, you know, collect them. And like you said, if you put them together, you know, it builds a parade float. Yeah, Hell, the, you can make the parade float itself like an extra 20 bucks in the gift shop. And that way, like it tells oh. you, oh, you know, put Tim Sam in A and B. That way you still have to buy that extra parade float. I guarantee you people would pay for that. Oh, yeah, that would make up money for, for real because like that's a great idea. You'd have the banner in the background like that picture it says O2 champions and you could put like the Socha bobblehead, the Anderson, yep. the Salmon. Uh, Spezio. I mean, come on. When have we had anything Spezio related? That's like one of the biggest home runs ever. And I don't remember anything Spezio, at least after that season. So I mean, one of the biggest home runs no. in major league history. Exactly, dude. So. <laughs> I remember that day I was cussing him out because I don't know what was going on with him. That every time he was on the plate, he was screwed up. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you son of a bitch. If you don't make this, I'm kicking you out. You. <laughs> And when I see the second son of a bitch, I just hear it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you did something. <laughs> yeah, that, that was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. But uh, en- enough with our PR ideas, because if the PR would ever watch this, 
uh, I'm pretty sure like 70% of our ideas that we've done over several episodes would actually either come to fruition or already would at least deny them when they want to make them work. So, yeah. Oh, you know what? PR team, take them. You can have them. My, our ideas exactly. are free because I will be first in line to get those bobbleheads. You know me, Todd, I'm a big bobblehead oh, yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. You'd big be right. Head. You'd be right there with Ace. Yeah. <laughs> and Pete Soto. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> He's always one of the first ones there, too. Yeah. So let's talk some winning baseball because we have no uh, losses to talk about on this uh, show. Uh, we went 2-0, and uh, starting with the Miami game the other night, which, you know, another well-pitched game by the starting staff and a newcomer, Mike Lorenz, into the uh, rotation. Six strong innings, first quality start for the Angels. Yeah, he was amazing. I actually got to watch that game, and I was like, this guy's good. And he was a relief um, pitcher, right? Yeah, for like the last four years, right? Yep, yeah. He hasn't consistently started since, I believe, 2015. Yeah, that's so he, impressive. Seven strikeouts in your Angels debut. That's two good debuts for uh, new newly signed Angels pitchers, Thor being the other one. Uh, and they handled the, the Marlins in their first victory that they didn't have to stress out about, you know, from yep. – th- they were able to just roll right through. Brandon Marshall, the big three-run homer. Uh, Adele with a homer, and uh, both of them had doubles with RBIs. Uh, what do you What do you guys think of that tandem right now? The the between Adele Marsh, can they be something down the season where we're like, oh man, we're we, we're going to come up with a nickname because they're that good, or, or are they just going to be two guys? If they're anything like Dern or Staten, they sign. They should be fine. Odell just needs to learn how to catch and do routes. <laughs> Hot take of the night. Absolutely. I don't. I mean, I think that like I think they call him Joe and Flo. Oh, that's yes, that's that cool. is what yeah. their what their little nickname is so far. That would be pretty sick to come up with a shirt for that or something. <laughs> do shirts anymore? Oh, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm saying the Angels actually. It should be like it should be. They like, definitely don't do shirts anymore, unless it's Otani. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what do you think of Joe and Flo right now, Fernando? I am a lot more sold on Flo than I am on Joe. Joe has just been super wishy washy, and you know, I am not a Joe Adele hater. I've been on record multiple times just saying, you know what? Like the Angels are clearly all in on Joe and Flo, right? They're, they are all in. They have put all the uh, they've put all the blackjack chips in the center here. We're going for a, hoping for a blackjack here. We're going all in because they cut a twenty eight million dollar player. Say what you want about Upton, that was a lot of money to give up on. And in my brain, we're essentially paying Joe Adele twenty eight million dollars. I don't know which one you say was the replacement, quote unquote, for Justin Upton. But in my mind, one of them is getting that $28 million, right? Because mm-hmm. you're eating that salary. It's not like it disappears. Nobody claimed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you right there. It's a, it's a $28 million bet by the Angels so that, that these guys are going to make it and that they're going to be playing consistent. And, uh, you know, I just – there's two things that I, I find wrong with them. One is not – uh, the other guy's fault. Well, one is not Marsh's fault. I think he's just in the wrong spot in the lineup. Uh, we've said that night in, night out. And then as far as Adele, I think there's sometimes like 
on game one on Monday where his he shortened up his swing and he was really look, uh, reading the pitches good. And then today he was swinging at stuff all over the plate. Like he widened open his stance and he's, he was flailing at the ball. When he shortens up his swing, he's much more productive. He, he's more judgmental on the pitches. And uh, I don't know if that's a day-night thing with him, but uh, in the day games he hasn't looked all that great. So we'll have to see moving forward. And with uh, Yvette's uh, take on the defense, yeah, <laughs> he needs to work on his defense. I just want to say, like, you signed Suzuki, who can get up um, behind the plate. But a guy that was raking in the spring training, you don't sign back? That just doesn't make sense. I, I At least, sorry, I was hoping they would have him in the back burner, in the bench, mm-hmm. in case we needed him. Mm-hmm. Because he's not our pools. Oh, he's going to lift the ball, yeah. Upton's going to lift the ball when he needs to. He's not always going to ground to the shortstop or to the second baseman. I think it was a mistake. You know, and uh, that's where uh, I will respectfully disagree. Just, or if there's one thing that Albert Pujols was good for. But against lefties, how many lefties do people have? Hey, your volume, your volume's a little off. That was really the only good thing. Okay. Your volume was off right there, Fernando. Can you hear me? I don't know yeah. what happened. On my headphones there we go. Plug- oh, oh, you're good now. Uh, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, you said, here's the thing. And then that's all. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the thing with Albert Pujols, and, you know, I, I, that's, I will respectfully disagree with Yvette, that Pujols was at least good at popping out to tag a runner, you know, from third base in, in a tag up situation. That was really the only thing that he was consistently able to do here in Anaheim. He was really good for placing the ball, uh, you know, with Justin Upton, I just always felt like he was trying to get under the ball. Like Justin Upton's a hitter who could really only go yaya on curveballs. Curveballs down at the knee or like right at his belly, like on the inside part of the plate, he was always able to turn on. But like a fastball up at the zone, or even a fastball down the middle, he could never handle. I don't know what it was. But it seems that he was getting better during spring training. I would have just taken the risk having him as a bench player than having this situation. So, you know, this will put it in a perspective for both of you guys. Justin Upton was an angel for five seasons, right? Mm-hmm. He batted a career 232 as an angel. Mm-hmm. You want to sit over here and talk about Albert Pujols pooping the bed while he was an angel? Let's talk about <laughs> Justin Upton for a minute. 232 is not going to cut it when you're getting paid, you know, $20 million twice a year. Yeah. I think that was that was an ex, uh, a problem with Epler's regime when he signed him back, whether that was his decision or <clears throat> Artie. Do you um, really think it was Epler's decision, though? No, not no. the way. Yeah, I think it was Artie. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just – and then his – I think what they took into consideration is Ward's not going to catch, so he's got to be an outfielder. We need him as a four. And then they were figuring Adele, you know, Joe and Flo in the outfield. And they were figuring that, you know, Upton has no good defense in left. I mean, is we, we rag on Adele's defense, but we forget how lazy Upton was in, out, in the outfield and how he really did not have to uh, – he had a noodle arm out there. You know, he wasn't going to yeah. throw anybody out. Absolutely. 
I remember a play. I, I forgot who who it was against, but um, he was just jogging for the ball when we had men on base, and he was already going home. Yeah. It was like, what the heck are you doing? No, I understand you guys' point, but, like, I can't stand Odell right now. I don't know if he should go back down. I just can't stand him right now. He's not playing well. I, yeah. I don't I don't remember a player Fernando maybe you guys do as well that has had that has had this sort of effect on the fans they are either with him a hundred percent or they're against him like like you either want him like up right now and playing every day or you're like Yvette like nah he's got to go down he he needs to marinate more in the minors he's super polarizing like the way I would describe <laughs> him is like. Like John Cena when he was wrestling, everybody had an opinion on John Cena. You loved him, you hated him, but you had an opinion on him. And right now, Joe Adele is John Cena. You love him or you hate him. There's no in-between. You know what I mean? And it, it, it really is tough, man. Part of me is trying to give him some credit because he's a kid. He, he is. As of right now, he's still developing. He's yet to have an entire full season at the major leagues. But the thing that's so frustrating with him is like, I'm going to start calling him Katy Perry because he's hot, he's cold. You know what I mean? He's yes, he's no, he's in, he's out. You know, like the, the thing with Joe Adele is make up your mind already, man. Are you ready or are you not ready? If you're not ready, then just tell us. You know, you stop hurting the team. You know, because he has a day like yesterday, you know, meaning Monday, mm-hmm. where he had a solid, a solid outing. You know, uh, what? and on Sunday he overcorrected himself, made up for it by making that catch at the wall. But he also made two bad plays that same game. Mm-hmm. You know, hit a home run yesterday. Today, or, yeah, and today did nothing. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to make a joke. He also got consecled. Remember when the ball hit him in the head oh, and yeah. it went over? <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think. <laughs> I think the part of it to me that gets Angel fans is the fact that he has been anointed the next big thing. And so when you anoint someone the next big thing and they don't exactly produce as fast as you think they are or the, as the hype is, is being uh, dealt out, it can jade you as a fan towards them, even if they're on your team. So just – ima- Yeah. So imagine if Trout came out slow out the, out the gate too. I think he did. Was- he did. Yeah, but like slow, slow. Twenty eleven, twenty eleven, like Trout was dog water. You know that's that. I don't, I don't even remember him that much that season. That that's that's shows you what, you know. I, I when I think Trout, I always think greatness. So like I well absolutely, I, but you know that's because your brain is now conditioned to think that way. Yeah, I forget that rookie season. Here's a difference though too. Odell was being compared to I mean to Mike Trout. Mike mm, Trout wasn't yep. being compared to anyone. So he could have gone down and he proved himself. He says, I'm gonna work on this, I'm gonna work on this because mm-hmm. I wanna be better. It's not I have to work on this because someone is comparing me to a legend. So yeah. I have to prove that I match up with the legend. Exactly. Yeah. So, Trout batted two twenty that first year. That's right. In 2011, so I mean, 
But immediately in 2012, when he got his first full tip of the cap, batted 326. And the following year, 323. So we had, you know, two out of his first three years, at least his first two full years, he's in the 300s comfortably, may I add. Yeah. And a piggyback off of what Yvette said is the fact that Joe Adele, like I watched him play in Inland Empire after he was drafted. And like, you could kind of tell that he had a little extra swagger to him. And I don't mean like swagger, like confidence. I almost mean like that Johnny Manziel arrogance. Mm -hmm. I just hope that he doesn't have the Johnny Manziel result. Oh yeah. Yeah. We don't want that. Exactly. Because you know, Joe Adele is seemingly very cocky, and that's fine. It's fine to be confident. To an extent, you have to be confident in this game. This is a game where you have to know your game and appreciate your game more than anybody because you fail so much. This isn't football. This isn't basketball. This is a game where the best of all time (laughs) fail 70% of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) We'll just have to see. I mean, that's the thing about baseball. Every at-bat's going to be different. He's getting a full season with uh, the Angels again. And this is a telling season. If we're going to hold on to him long-term and and give him the shot, or we're going to put more pressure on him next year by getting another veteran or maybe even just ship him out. You know, so a lot's going to – we're going to have to see what happens. You know, he's got to live up to the hype at some point. So do you think – how long into this season do you think the Angels will continue to ride the Joe Adele train until they, you know, maybe send him down and maybe look for a stopgap guy? Because, you know, playoffs are still the goal right now. We've mm-hmm. talked – we've beat this horse to death that our window is most likely going to be closing here in the next three years. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to reopen that window with, you know, guys like Adele and Marsh panning out because then you don't need a prime trout. You just need a above-average trout. Mm-hmm. with you know these two young guys now starting to take the reins as hey you know old man trout step to the side this is going to be our team now mm-hmm. but uh how long do you think they ride the joe adele train until they start to you know look elsewhere if, these if you're are... talking about the angels yeah. or Artie, yeah the angels. Makes all the, yeah i don't know i would say maybe the end of may beginning of june that's a good timetable okay i can see that todd I'd have to agree with that. I think yeah. uh, you have a certain window, like you said, even during a regular season like this. It, it all depends on the standings, too. I think winning winning can really um, cover things like and, 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 and mask things to where you're not looking. Like, say, for instance, last year, before Seattle had their collapse in the second half, basically, they were winning with a lineup that mostly had hitters right at or below 240 on average. And that didn't come into play till the, about September when the pitching tightened up and they needed more hits. Then you were like, damn, we have no hitting. You know, the Seattle – I listen to Seattle sports because I'm a Seahawks fan, but they would touch on the Mariners and they would say, they would say damn, you know, we, we, we can't hit in September. And then the guy's like, well, you forgot all year that these guys were hitting. The pitching was so good. Now the pitching's not good. It was masking all the bad hitting. So right now the pitching's good the first six games into the season – they can get away with Otani batting four for 28 and Adele being very hit and miss and guys like that. But at some point you're going to need this hit, this hitting to, to, to get going, you know, and, and we won't be able to say, Oh, you know, we're good. We're three and three, this and that. If we go under 500, then it's, it's going to become a glaring issue. 
Yeah, definitely. And one thing I do want to make very clear is I want to send a message here to Joe Madden. So Joe, if you're listening, uh, put down the peyote real quick. <laughs> and Joe, it is time to take Shohei Otani out of the leadoff spot. He, My man is not a leadoff hitter. My man's a lot of things. Shohei Otani can do a lot of stuff. We here in Anaheim and Orange County and Angels fans around the nation love Shohei Otani. You know, he could sell us water and we would buy it. The But the one thing he has not been able to do is lead off. He can do everything else. The guy can literally walk on water, but he can't lead off to save his life. It's, it's, he, it's just not in his, in his game. There's just some guys who aren't built for certain things. You're better off putting Trout there. I'm not saying that's the move. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I mean, if you're going to put a star at the leadoff guy, at least put a guy who's done it before, like Trout. You know, your best option there is Tyler Wade, uh, Brandon Marsh. Yeah, oh, you know what? I, I could even see Duffy. Because Duffy goes up there and has good at bats. Mm-hmm. He gets hits. He pokes the ball through, you know, the 5.5 hole. You know, he, he finds ways to get on base. Yeah, before Fletcher forgot to hit, he would have been a, a good viable <clears throat> spot too. Well, I'm only going to say real quick, Yvette, because uh, I know you're going to say something real quick, but uh, on Otani, he's never been – where has he been Madden as a hitter to where you can be like, oh, yeah, well, he's worked walks before. He doesn't walk. He's 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 feast or famine hitter. So you'd want a guy like that in the four hole, three hole. Um, at least when you did the Upton experiment last year, he is a patient hitter at times and will work the count and and get walks. So that's why he was productive. That move worked, but but Upton had that in his history. Where has Otani had that in his history? I don't know. One thing I'll say is I think Joe Madden plays RBI baseball. Not MLB the show, RBI baseball. And I think he tried it on RBI baseball and it worked. And he's like, all right, <laughs> we're going to roll with it. Like I said, um, he's saying let's play like it's 1985, but we're not. Like, let's play like it's 1985 and have our guys who are patient at the plate, who have speed, and win games. Mm-hmm. Make the pitcher make a mistake. Because if you have weight, if you have weight on first, you don't think he's going to be dancing around making the pitcher nervous? Yep. Yeah. And he I, did. Yeah. I think it. I would even like it if it was Wade and Fletcher at the bottom if he does not want to put weight on first because that's a good waste pitch. And then have Marge at first. Yeah, I mean, you, so, could, you could flip the lineup like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to see 1985 baseball. You, you saw it end the game, uh, you know, on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was a great last inning, right? Situational base running. You know, clutch hitting. I mean, you know, granted it wasn't a great hit, but it got the job done. It was hit hard enough where the shortstop bobbled it. The, short, the problem was that the shortstop threw the ball before it was in his glove. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He was already throwing it. He didn't even have the ball yet. And I'll just tell, I'll just say this in, in all four major sports, and you could even throw soccer in there as a major sport too. So being five, speed kills, speed yeah. kills on, in every which way. And if you're, you know, going back to the '80s, like Yvette was saying, a lot of those teams had like guys like Vince Coleman, Ricky Henderson, uh, Tony Phillips, all these guys that were speed leadoff guys. Lance Johnson, just they created havoc on the bases. And they they were just great table setters for all of the power hitters of the day. 
And I just don't understand what the focus is of putting a slower, you know, he's a, he's a fast power hitter, but he's not as fast as these other guys. And, and it's just, I don't understand that logic. It just doesn't make sense to put all your power hitters up front and not have them in situational spots like normal teams do. You don't always have to be progressive. You know, can we just stick to – this is one time I want them to stick stick to a script, and they're just not yeah. doing it. I think that's a mistake sometimes that when statistics comes into play because they're not focusing on game situation. They're focusing on what you could do at that moment. Mm-hmm. Instead of playing chess and move ahead of the player for what the pieces – with the pieces you already have. Yes. Yeah, it seems like we're playing Connect Four. He's just taking the <laughs> chips and we're like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> The problem is, show me the statistics that tell you that Shohei Otani should be leading off. Where are those statistics? Yep. Where is your reasoning? Yep. Seriously, there's nothing at all <laughs> in the world as to why I think it's a good idea for him to lead off. Yeah. Zero. It's on his PlayStation, so... <laughs> More like well, his Nintendo 64. Well, let me let me tell you this real quick. You guys play video games, obviously, but baseball back in the day. Let's just say you have Albert Pujols Cardinals before he comes to the uh, to the Angels. At any time when you're playing those video games where he's on the the uh, All Star game all the time or on the video game best in his career, would you considered working your lineup if you're a Cardinals fan and putting Pujols lead off? No. Oh. Why would you do that? Would you with the Angels when Vlad Guerrero was here? Would you would you take him on the video game and move him from third to first? No, no, <laughs> no. I've always put my fastest guy first. Just kind of always how it's been with me. You yeah. know, I want speed at the top of my lineup. Like I've told you multiple times. You know, you have a guy like Tyler Wade on there. Let's just say he bunts on base. He's on first. You know, you got Tony Two Bags coming out batting second. All of a sudden, Tyler Wade could be at third base or home if. Anthony Rendon gets a double if he yeah. decides to give a crap that day. <laughs> yeah, or he singles to right and Wade gets over to third. You have a first and third situation for Otani. Or Trout. Yeah, either way. Exactly. I've always thought your best hitter should be batting third. Mm-hmm. So, And then you have your uh, all-out guy batting cleanup, like Otani. Otani is an all-out guy. He's going to swing out of his shoes every time. That's just yep. his game. Yep. You can't do that as a leadoff hitter. You can't go up there and like, oh, I'm going to hit a bomb. Yeah, it just doesn't work. It's never worked in the game of baseball. Why would it work now? So Yeah. No. Um, so we want to move on to game two, which was today? Yep. All right. Uh, game two featured, uh, what was his name for the, uh, the, the Marlins, the youngster? He came over from Oakland. I should have had that up here. Let me see. Uh, I should, as should I. Yeah, my bad. I didn't pull that up here. Uh, Lazardo. Lazardo. Okay. Lazardo made. He gave out. He gave out hat tricks today. The Angels had quite a few hat tricks. I think it was Marsh, Otani, and Stassi between them struck out nine times. Um. So he was handing out hat tricks to them. He pitched only five innings because he threw a lot of pitches, but twelve strikeouts, career high. Uh, Rendon took him deep though. Uh, or not? No, took Tanner Scott deep after uh, Lazardo left, and it should have been enough. But our boy, which we touched on in the post game, which I'm sure he has uh, something to say about him, Fernando was trashing Mike Myers, and rightfully <laughs> so, as he surrendered a two run homer. But uh, Hergot uh, slowed him down. Rossiel did his job in the ninth, 
And then the Angels got something that they normally don't get, and that is a benefit of a call, which was the runner was, you know, uh, weighed an overslid second. His leg was, uh, his foot was being blocked from retouching the bag by the second baseman's leg who came down and blocked it. The tag was applied on Wade when he was clearly off the bag. And for some reason, New York and the umpire said, safe. And then the next pitch was wild pitch. Wade the third. Stassi hard hit ground ball. Bobbled by Rojas at short. Good home. Uh, uh, drive home safely. Angels win 4-3. Yeah, it was an interesting ending. Mike Myers had to make it interesting for us, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> Michael Myers kills and Mike Myers uh, kills leads. <laughs> what did you think about the game, Yvette? Well, I watched the last part of it, and then I saw, I forgot it was, I don't know, I forgot who it was. I think it was Ace. So, like, why are they bringing Mike Myers in? I'm like, they brought Blowpin Myers in? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, I always um, send that to Todd. Blowpin Myers ruins it again. Um. <laughs> Well, well, let me let me get your idea or, or your grades right now because I don't think it's a wise problem, Matt Wise problem. But what do you two think of the way that Madden has uh, handled the bullpen and with either bullpen spots or positions or decisions the first six games? Starting, I kind of give them a B because they're they're solid. Mm-hmm. Um, they just haven't gone like long innings yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the bullpen, maybe about a C minus because we have Myers there and then, (laughs) and the 12 to six loss kind of pissed me off because we shouldn't have lost by that much. Yeah. We get Um, runs. Yeah. So starting pitching a B because we've been solid It's the bullpen that I give a C because I feel like we're still in the same rut. Okay. What you got, Fernando? I agree with actually those almost spot on. I mean, a B is, is good. I mean, it's kind of hard to get a good gist of the starting rotation. They've done well when they've been in there, but the problem is they have not been in there for extended periods of time. And I get it because of the shortened spring training, these guys have to be on a pitch limit. And I mean, we're sitting here complaining about a pitch limit, but also, I mean, we've been the Kings of air of, uh, of injuries for the last mm-hmm. couple of years. So for once, it would be nice to be able to monitor these guys enough, especially because they invested so much in a bullpen. Um, yeah, and the bullpen, I think, sees a good grade for what it is. I mean, he, Joe Madden has done some mismanaging in the bullpen, which is hard to believe because it's almost a situation like if you blindfold yourself, point at the list, and just go with whatever guy finger you landed on it seems like in theory you can't fail yet Joe Madden's found a way to make a couple of bad calls, but I mean, you know, to loop, you know, even Rysel got brought into the wrong situation. I mean, Rysel was never good in non-safe situations last year. And what it was Monday night where they brought him in unnecessarily and he gave up a bomb. Yep. Yep. It's like, I understand, you know, he still got the win. That is all that matters, but it wasn't a save situation. Why would you bring him in to inflate his ERA? Oh, you want to get him some work in. Okay, well, the time to get him working will come. Rysel doesn't strike me as a guy who needs to stay hot. Yeah, I totally agree. In that game, too, on Monday, like I when they got that fifth run, I'm like, okay, it's a non-safe situation. I thought they'd sit him down. You're technically getting work by throwing that bullpen session anyway. 
So he could have just sat him down and then let let Tapera finish it out if he didn't have time. But there was time to warm up another pitcher. There was plenty of time. Maybe that's were... the time to put in Mike Myers. Just saying. Exactly. You know. Uh, so unfortunately, we put Myers in a uh, in a lead situation, and look what happens. So. Yeah, um, and, I, and I know Mike Myers works hard. Like I said, uh, when I called you during the post game, I had on very good authority that he's one of the hardest working people in the clubhouse. And I don't disrespect the work that he's done to, you know, perfect his craft in his opinion. But, you know, when the results aren't there and haven't been there for the bulk of the last, you know, year and a little bit of change that we have now, mm-hmm. it's just how could you keep justifying it? Absolutely. And there's a lot of people who are like, well, his numbers were good last year, but it's like, well, it's kind of like Steve Ciszek, right? Steve Ciszek's numbers on paper were great, but it was a lot of inherited runs. Mike Myers was up and down, just like Joe Adele, hot and cold. Mm-hmm. You know, you put I, I him think in with a, sorry, I think with him. Myers is that sometimes he overthrows and gets in his head too much. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of these p- pitchers is psychological. I mean. I think they need to take a step back, breathe in, and then pitch. Yeah, I agree. They they get uh he's not the type that is good when he's down 2-0. He doesn't have that pitch to where he can get himself back into the account. And so his his thing is get me over fastball or let me throw a slider out and over the plate. And then that's when he usually gets hammered. So um I think the Mike Myers experience should end at some point this year, you know, unless he turns the corner, um, you know, you can't keep putting him in a situation like this where he's got to hold a lead or keep the game tied. Cause that kind of scares me. Cause even right now it, her got technically pitched an inning two thirds today, but he pitches to so much contact. I'm like scared that, you know, like, like Houston the other day when he pitched, he didn't make bad pitches. It's just, those guys were hitting them where the angels weren't. And, and, and when you don't have the kind of stuff that's electrifying to where you can get away with it, you're going to get lit up. And he doesn't have that kind of, he has a herky jerky delivery, but he's another guy that I could see maybe not stay on the roster too long because he can, when he's, he's bad, he's bad. And so Myers, the same thing, dude, if when he's hittable, he's hittable. The guys, it seems like they know what's coming. I will tell what happens with, you know, a, a couple of those, you know, I, I don't know what kind of word to use. I don't want to say dispensable, but the interchangeable parts of the bullpen, you know, the Quejadas, the Myers, um, the Hergits, we'll see what happens. You know, will they go out there and maybe get a couple of pieces? Will they find them in the organization? Will certain guys step up? Mm-hmm. You know, the Buttries and the Wantses, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe even Sam Boxman. Yeah, he, he there's a very good chance he could make the club this year. Yeah, you know, at least out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So any final thoughts on the Marlins series? Mm. No. No, I just think we got lucky. I agree. Yeah. The Monday was a you know a runaway game, but today, you know, we definitely that call was the difference. Absolutely. And it was a but, you know, we'll take it, right? I mean, again, these are games that we would have lost for sure last year, you know? so Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've had some time, I don't want to get too into it, but now that we've had some time to marinate on the Astro series, mm-hmm. uh, do you feel better about the series? I understand we lost, you know, one to three in terms of games. But now that we get to reflect a little bit, we were in almost every game, you know, except for Friday's game. Besides that, 
they were all winnable games. Well, I mean, you just take the the good with it, which is the pitching. But I, I think you just got to look at the way the hitting did not perform. That's why I take out of it. You you get any kind of good hitting in in games uh, three and four, and you're walking out of there with a uh, three out of four, and you know turning the table. I I agree with you, Todd. Um, it has nothing like spring training. I bring it up because you saw them play smart baseball, play mm-hmm. small ball. Mm-hmm. And with Otani and Trout being in the one and two spot, you can't do that. Because mm-hmm. Otani is going to think launch angle, which is something you shouldn't be thinking about. Just hit the ball to the middle. I think it said, learn how to hit first before you launch it out. Because home runs will come. Yeah, yeah. Especially for a guy like him, when he he hits home runs when he's not trying. Yeah, he's just I, trying to get Roger excited. Yeah, I just thought it was funny because the first two weeks of spring training, they had the traditional lineup, and they were doing what Yvette said. And then the last week or so or less of spring training, they went to that Otani Trout thing, and we were calling it right away like this is a stupid experiment, stupid experiment, and look where we're at. You know, Trout's got a solo homer to his name, and that's it. And Otani's yeah. got zero. I mean, you could have just sat him the first six games. You would have got more production. That's sad. Is Otani leading the team right now with Nacho Knights? Yeah, so far he's got uh, two Nacho Knights already. Man, Rendon doesn't have a single one, huh? No, he got away with it because of his defense. <laughs> yeah, okay. And today because of the homer. Yeah, exactly. Wait, you didn't get Nacho Knight to Myers? No, oh, I, you miss you miss an opportunity. I would have yeah. had they lost. Had they lost, it would have been a nacho night. But uh, <laughs> fair enough. But what uh, you could do with that. Wait, wait, Todd. What you could do with that is instead of um, his face on the nacho, you could put a Halloween mask and put the hat over. His head. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a good idea, actually. I got I got to get with uh, either Randy or Chase on that one. But uh, let's go over the starting uh, rotation for the uh, or starting starting pitching for the four games in Texas. Um, you got Shohei Otani is going to lead it off on Thursday. He's got he's zero one with a one point nine three RA nine strikeouts versus Dane Dunning, who did surprisingly well against us last year. He's zero and zero so far this year. Five forty ERA, four strikeouts. What do you think about that opening? start uh in texas uh i I think otani has a good shot of actually winning okay uh i just hope he's not at the top of the lineup which i'm pretty sure he is (laughs) i just hope someone's listening to this in the angels organization mark if you're listening to this just time to hit the ball to the middle i don't care if it gets caught by the pitcher just try to hit it to the middle yeah yeah and hopefully they're not shifting, though. That's the problem. Though. The shift kills them, too. I thought they got rid of that. And then Next they year. brought up the news, and I'm like, no. Yeah, it's not going to be good. Next year, unfortunately. So what So what do you think, man? What do you think, Fernando? Uh, who's got the advantage in tomorrow's game? Uh, it's It's got to be Shohei, right? I mean, he came off a pretty decent opening day start. I mean, he's got a 1.93 ERA, nine strikeouts. 
I mean, he struck out nine, like what, four and a third or something like that, four and two thirds. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, you got to give the edge to Shohei. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so that's going to be a good, a good matchup to start the Texas uh, series there. And uh, in, in a place where, again, hopefully Otani can turn the tide and hit a, his first home run over there. Um, and then uh, we don't have a pitcher for Texas on Friday, but we are starting Reed Detmers. He's 0-0 with a 4.5 ERA. Uh, so what do you, uh, you think Detmers is good for that spot on, on uh, Friday? If he locates well and just has confidence in himself, I, I think he is. I mean, that guy, that kid has, like, so much passion mm-hmm. that it's just infectious, and I, I just hope he gets a win. Because I think people will go nuts, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fernando? Sorry, connected to my AirPods for whatever reason. I'm not even using the AirPods. Um, I... I think that Saturday game, or sorry, the Friday game with Reed Detmers might be the one we lose in the series. Not because I think Reed Detmers is going to have an atrocious outing, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, we're, we're bound to lose one out of the four. And, um, you know, as Reed Detmers is still getting comfortable while he gets his feet wet in the majors. I mean, we're still talking about a guy who's got what less than 10 career starts. So, um, you know, I, I think naturally there's still going to be a learning curve for him. So, you know, I would imagine he'll probably go about five, maybe five and two-thirds. He'll get close to that six-inning mark, mm-hmm. give up about two to three runs. But I do think he'll be able to pitch well enough to stay in the game till almost the sixth inning, giving the team a chance to win. But, um, you know, I think that's the game to lose the series. Okay, fair enough. And then that would send us over to Saturday's game, Noah Syndergaard versus Taylor Hearn. Syndergaard 1-0 with a 0 ERA. Uh, Taylor Hearn 0-0 with a 2.25 ERA as a lefty for the Texas Rangers. That's your Saturday start. Uh, who do you guys favor in that one? Only because he has um, Aaron, um, Aiden Hart's number. Mm-hmm. I hope he wins. I just don't have a definitive answer because I don't know how the other guy pitches. So it's kind of like if I say Noah, I'm saying it because I'm an Angel fan. I'm not saying it because I'm judging baseball. So undecided on that one. I'll go well undecided. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, Taylor Hearn last year had a 6 and 6 record, 4.66 ERA, played in 42 games, and started 11. So, I mean, I'm going to take Noah Syndergaard. I, I think Noah Syndergaard has a chip on his shoulder. I think he's got something to prove, and I think he's playing to get a extension in the middle of the season so i think he's going to have a way better first half than potentially he will have a second half so uh, I, I think he stays hot i think he builds on a good first start of the season so i i think he's gonna get the w okay cool he'll have a quality start no oh, that's nice that'd be it'd be nice to have him have a uh, back-to-back um then uh the wrap-up game on sunday to get uh the quote-unquote getaway game and so be our boy jose suarez he's 0-1 with a 4.15 era he didn't pitch bad in his last start he's going to face against another lefty martin perez who's 0-1 coming into this game he's a uh, he's zero zero. Oh, he's zero and zero okay i thought he's so yeah. my bad okay yeah so he's uh oh sorry you're right oh that's weird so i clicked on his name and he is 0-1 but when you're looking at it like on the pitching matchup, it uh-huh. says that he has no record. So my bad. Oh yeah, I see the same thing now. Yeah. Okay. No, we're we're, we're both right actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he he's got a loss so far. He pitched only four innings. Uh, I think Suarez only pitched four and two thirds. 
So these guys are going to look to have more innings in this game. Who do you guys like in this one between Perez and Suarez? I think Suarez loses it. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. okay. I don't know. I feel – I just I just feel it. It's, it's nothing to do with him as a pitcher. It's just – I don't know, sometimes he could be very cold, and when he's cold, bad things happen. Okay. But I think if he could just, like, slow down, do the things he's been doing because he has been consistent in that first game, we could do it. But I feel like he loses it. Okay. Nothing to do with the pitching, just a feeling. Okay. No, man, I think El Demente has something to prove – He's got some nasty stuff, man. He's got he's got some really good overpowering breaking pitches, and I, I think he's really going to go above and beyond this entire season. I think he's going to be one of the biggest surprises. I mean, you know, he had a really nice year last year. I, I know he gained a lot of respect from you know the the Halo fam, but uh, I really think this year he's going to set himself apart, and I think he's going to slowly start to turn into a number two or number three uh, piece in a lot of these starting rotations. Yeah, you could definitely see a Valdez with Houston kind of feel with him. Um, not, I don't think he'll get to that level, but I think he. Like, I, I agree with Fernando. I think he's going to become close to elite here pretty soon. Um, although I will say one thing, I wish we knew the lineups ahead of time because I have a feeling whoever, uh, and I'm hoping he only starts one game, but whoever or how whoever Kirk catches for is going to take an L in this series. Uh, you know, he, he, I mean, you would think a catcher's number one thing that he's supposed to do is catch. And he's dropped more balls than, uh, well, I could insert a sexual reference or, you know, something. Uh, <laughs> crashing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's just a generic name people throw out there with sex jokes. There you go. <laughs> She's made more boys come of age by dropping balls. Uh, oh, there, there no. you go. See? See, there you go. There you go. No. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying Kurt's terrible. And, and, and uh, I, I didn't like what he did with Suarez's last start. So I'm going to go out on the limb. I'm going to give my inner rally, Chris, uh, give me three out of four against Texas. Is that your, I just locked that's but. Rogers Lock on AM eight thirty. <laughs> seven one for tickets. Seven one for John Stamos. <laughs> Call today. Look in his eyes tonight. <laughs> his eyes are so dreamy. <laughs> Love me some Stamos. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys? But Todd, you bring up a great point. If if Suzuki is behind Otani or. Syndergaard, we're gonna lose the game. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. not like he, it's not like he's a Mike Napoli who would sometimes make errors and bad throws, but then would make it up with his at bat. It's yeah. like Suzuki could make a couple errors, and you're like, "Well, yeah, but he's not gonna do shit in the box." <laughs> so. <laughs> I just don't know how he got brought back. I really don't. There's just some guys who, like, I, I say I don't understand how they got brought back just because I'm frustrated because I'm a jerk. Yeah. But he's just really, like, I'm just like, why? You know, you ever just stare at somebody and wonder why they're here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like Rendon when he's at the box. <laughs> yeah, but at least Rendon was something. At least Rendon, you have that hope and potential that he'll be what he was in Washington. 
Kurt Suzuki, what are we hoping for? That he'll be the same 230 hitter he was with Oakland? Like, <laughs> the yeah. same subpar defender? What are we hoping for here? I don't know. At this point, I'm thinking 230 would be great. You know, <laughs> but I know we, we wanted more production out of our backup catcher. And it's it's obvious that Madden does not like playing Stassi every every day yeah. or even like three or four times a week. It seems like he sits him and look at uh, the, the the other day. He didn't do much at the plate, but he got three walks, you know, Stassi. And he, yeah. And then today he had productive outs. You yeah. know, you think Kurt's going to give you half that? No. But you know, here's the thing, you know, with Kurt Suzuki and you know wanting to get you know Max Stassi off his feet a little bit, you know, if we just wanted a literal backup catcher to go up there, I mean, why wouldn't we just keep Matt Dice for that? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like he's younger, he was brought up in the system, just you know, he, he can hit a buck twenty. <laughs> I mean, if that's what we're going for here, I guarantee you at least he won't make as many errors and I've never really seen Matt Dice call a game, but I'd be much more interested in seeing a kid develop at his position than, you know, father time himself behind <laughs> the home plate, donning the tools of ignorance. Yeah. And then also real quick, I mean, Stassi gives you the element from the left side. So you could switch things around. If you're having a dominant right-handed pitcher, you could play the analytics and say, Hey, in the sixth inning, let's go to Thice. you know, uh, but uh, we're not thinking like that. Are we? Yeah, no, no. Kurt Suzuki hit bomb. <laughs> how, many, how many times are we going to hear uh, Patrick O'Neill or Gooby? I love both those guys, but zoom in on his fingernails. They're all, hey, Kurt paints his fingernails so the pitchers can see his fingers. Well, that's all great. He still has to catch. <laughs> how about he starts painting his talent? <laughs> Maybe he can start seeing that too. I have a question for you guys. Do you think it will be like a Mike Napoli, Jeff Mathis kind of thing where Mike Napoli was frustrated that he wasn't getting enough playing time or not playing the right position? And that's one of the reasons he left. Uh, no, I don't think so. Cause Matt Stassi just resigned a contract. Yeah. I think we're stuck. Uh, I, I don't think Stassi would get too frustrated unless the narrative came out that he couldn't do it. Like if people like us, had a bigger voice and we were saying, man, how come you're not starting every day? You got an extension, blah, blah, blah. But I think with the extension he got, he's not that type of player um, that, that Napoli was. And Mike had such a hard on for Jeff Mathis. I mean, there was no way we were going to keep Napoli. I don't care if he hit 45 homers Uh, for some reason. He loved Mathis calling the games probably because uh, Napoli or, you know, Napoli would shake off social when social would call in the pitches. Mathis is all yes sir yes sir you got it he was a he was a kiss ass kind of catcher so uh defense you know he loved defensive catchers and unfortunately we have you know Stassi's not a defensive catcher but neither is freaking Kurt so I don't I don't see the justification of holding on to Kurt there really isn't anything other than you like his reggae music I mean that's it yeah <laughs> uh, I, I I really don't know I I, I just there was there was better options, heck, even in the organization. I guess there's no justification for it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. He's part of the team. We can all just keep making burner accounts and memes about him. So, <laughs> Kurt yeah. Suzuki's batting average should be the newest burner. Yeah, that, that's true. 
<sighs> well, uh, any other uh, words on this, this this series upcoming in Texas? What do you guys want to see happen besides getting W's? Uh, what needs yeah. to happen for this team? Uh, DFA and Kurt Suzuki. <laughs> that was my inner grill master. Where's my socks? <laughs> grill master is going to be so excited that you mentioned his name like four times. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he didn't save the audio and post it. He will. <laughs> Shut up, Grill Master. <laughs> He's not like Rally Chris, though. Rally Chris gets like a hard on for his name. He's like, oh, yes, call me Rally Chris. <laughs> like uh, like we've been saying, if they change the lineup, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But if Joe keeps saying, oh, this is working, this is working, I don't know what the <laughs> hell he's saying, but yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah, I could see if, if you know, I'm with you, Yvette. If, if, I could see if these guys are hitting the ball, but they're just hitting it right at people. Or, yes. or, or if they're having good at bats, but they're, you know, they're striking out after, you know, six pitches seen. I'd be like, okay, it's just not there yet. The production will be there. They're just, you know, for whatever reason, it's not working. But I could see where you're going. But it's like you two have said, it's where? Where is the evidence that this shit is working? That's where it's real frustrating as a fan. Dude, freaking knowing Joe Madden, like, the, so my guess, so he probably has like a fish tank in, in his van, right? And this fish <laughs> tank probably has like nine fish in there. And he probably renames them every year, like depending on the players. And my guess is that one of them named Shohei was just like swimming around counterclockwise. And he's like, you know, Shohei used to, used to swim clockwise. So then he moved him to the front of the fish tank and he started swimming clockwise again and he was like you know what i'm gonna battle tawny first this is a sign from god <laughs> joe madison is one of those guys i mean you know i told you off air todd that i made the mistake of listening to the roger lodge show for the first time in a couple years like this week and he was talking about he told a story of when joe madden made a lineup based on that uh, that one song the the um, the social security song well uh, okay I know which one you're talking about. I know yeah, one. I'm blanking on the numbers. Everyone's like screaming at their like. Wait, wait, eight seven seven. Yeah, four three zero nine. Yeah, yeah. So apparently he made a lineup based off that song, and I'm just like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that Joe Madden does. The Joe Madden experience, folks. So he really loves Jenny, huh? Yeah, I think he really loves Peyote. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine, bro. You live your life. You live your best life. <laughs> But when it starts affecting the lineup, yeah, over oh, under how many how many uh, lava lamps does he own? Ten or, or less? Hey, over, <laughs> over. Okay. <laughs> oh Just, yeah. Dude, Cheech and Chon live in that van too. Like. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Cheech goes to his house. He's like, "You can put weed in that, dude. <laughs> can put weed in anything." Yeah. That episode of um The Simpsons where he goes, Dave, I'm not Dave. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Over under that uh that Joe Madden smoked out of a baseball before. Oh yeah, he drilled a, <laughs> he drilled a hole in it. <laughs> like an apple? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, bro, there's like nothing better than smoking dope out of a core of a baseball. <laughs> and that is right there where we get 
totally the, the organization's like yeah all that stuff they said <laughs> we, we said yesterday is over like you want to they're like you want to interview with who no no yeah. no no <laughs> i'd like to interview joe madden i'd like to ask him ever smoked out of a baseball <laughs> you know i would too oh yeah so I'm, I, I would i would like you to ask him were you naked at woodstock or you know did you keep your clothes on <laughs> were you liberated <laughs> He's like, I'm liberated. <laughs> All I wore was my underwear. He's like, I don't remember who liberated me, but I'm sure was liberated. <laughs> oh, God. Come on, that disturbing note. Yeah. So again, like and subscribe to the podcast and YouTube. Give us a five star rating. Thank you so much, Yvette, for coming on. <laughs> Oh no! Thanks for inviting me. Sorry if I got like a little uh, annoyed. If I annoyed you guys, I mean, <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Can. Not at all. We'll have to do this again for sure. Yeah, no problem. I got a question for you guys, real quick though. Yeah, yeah. How old were you guys when they won the World Series? Uh, hey, I posted this on Twitter <laughs> a oh, couple did? days ago. Oh, I was six, seven. I was seven. I was eleven. Mm. I was. Uh, I was twenty. <laughs> I was twenty. Uh, one. Yeah, I was twenty. <laughs> twenty one with my daughter on my uh, uh, back, and she was she was watching the parade and everything. So yeah. Oof. That yeah. Me. Wait, weren't you twenty two? I thought you were twenty one. On uh, when nine eleven happened. Oh, that's right. I was twenty two because yeah. sep- September of that year I turned twenty two. Yeah, so yeah, I was twenty two, and my daughter was one years old. For everyone's like, how do you remember that? He told me that one time. How do you how do you ever forget that? Well, you can't forget that. Tw- yeah, this guy turned twenty one when the uh, the old twin towers travesty happened. So it's like that's pretty easy to remember, unfortunately. And and real quick on that, dude. That was when that happened. <sighs> I I was working graveyard. Oh. And and uh, I remember the shift was about to end. It was about six thirty in the morning, so it was nine thirty New York time. Yeah, so yeah. the first tower had just went down, and you saw all these people walking in, and they—I don't care what skin color they were—they were all pale, white faced, uh-huh. and 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 I was like, "What's going on?" And they were like, "Bro, the world might be ending right now. We might be in World War 3 I'm like, "What?" You know, like like, and then I, I go home, turn on the news, and it was like the weirdest. It looked like a movie. Yeah. It didn't look real. Well, especially because, like, for the first one, like, people still thought it was, like, an accident. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I I can only imagine how much that would have, like, how weird of a day that must have been for you, especially. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're all super lit. You're like, hey, I'm turning 21. Let's yeah. go get, you know, let's go to the bars, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. Well, there was a, a tragedy in New York. It's cool, whatever. And then all of a sudden, the second one hits you. are like, man, it wasn't a, a tragedy. It was a... a uh, a strategized attack. Well, let me just still a, tra- a tragedy, but you know what I mean. Let me just put it to you this way: there's never been a birthday celebrated by me since. Oh, man. yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to. Yeah. Everyone's like, "Oh, let's all about you know a moment of silence for all the lives lost." You're like, "It's my birthday." <laughs> <laughs> when it's like, no, Todd, it's you can celebrate on the tenth or the twelfth. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to have a cake on that day. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. day, that day was tough. Absolutely. I saw the second plane hit. Oh wow! Oh, it's, yeah. So I was like, 
are we going to school? I was so confused. I was tense. I was like really confused. Yeah. That's fair. I was six. I was just lit. I didn't have to go to school. But I mean, you know, as a six-year-old, you're you're kind of in your own naive little world, right? You know. So I know your. Parents I think are... my school still did, but we were just on lockdown. Oh okay. You still went to school? That's weird. Yeah, no, my school yeah. was closed down. My parents were home from work. You know what I mean? I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, right? Like, oh, I didn't go to school and my parents are home. Granted, nothing was open. So we just kind of sat at home. But, you know, like I said, as a six-year-old, you're in just your naive little world. Only thing I remember that was traumatic for like, I think three or four days after was we, we I worked under a flight pattern. So the airplane's oh. going to LAX. And you'd fly over like every five, 10 minutes. And yep. for you go out on break and it's sun quiet out there because there was like a no fly zone. They turned all the you know planes were all grounded. And for days, there was no planes. That was the weirdest thing for, you know, the whole entire time I worked there. It was just plane after plane after plane and then nothing. So that was weird. Wow. Yeah, well, maybe we'll save these stories for when we get closer to that date as exactly. a homage to you know, as a tribute to everybody who lost their lives. So absolutely. absolutely. All right. So for Todd Fox and the other host of the show, Fernando Mendez and the special and guest, Yvette, um, thank you guys for inviting me. I had a real fun time. Absolutely. No problem. We'll catch you guys later. All right. Have a great night. Viva los angelitos. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.